You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. All right, welcome to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. My name is Tiffany Havaducci, and I am your host for the day. And I am sitting with Egret Bay Campus Pastor Ryan Lightnin and Teaching Pastor Yancey Arrington. So thanks for joining me, guys. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you very much, Tiff. Appreciate it. Yeah. So we have been working this summer through a sermon series called Real Faith, where we get to sort of, as a church, walk through verse by verse the book of James. And it's been awesome, by the way. I really enjoy it. And so today we're going to talk about the third week of that series. Um, the message is Real Faith in God's Word. And we're going to cover uh, James 1, 19 through 27. So the point of this podcast is just sort of to have a behind the scenes look into preparing this message. And I'm excited to hear from you guys. All right. All right. So first, maybe for the context of our conversation, let's uh, read through that. Would you mind if we read through James 1, 19 through 27? All right. I'll read it. I got my uh, my scripture journal that we got. <laughs> mine's, mine's got a different cover on it because yeah. this is one I already had. But. I have the pretty, <clears throat> the pretty feminine one. version. Yep. But if you haven't grabbed one of those, uh, they're really awesome. They're from Crossway. They're called the Illuminated Scripture Journal. You can grab one at Amazon. I buy mine straight through Crossway. It's a good uh, publisher, yep. but just shameless plug right there. Yeah, my, my, it, just before you read it, what I've been told is we've run out of those. Is that correct? I think we <laughs> have. Yes. To my knowledge. So that's why they got to buy it online somewhere. Okay. Yes. Yes. Right. It's yeah. less than like a Starbucks these days. So. <laughs> Very yeah. All right. and, the, and you can also just get the black version too, if yeah. you're uh, if you don't want it to be pretty. All right, very good. <laughs> All right, here we go. Verse uh, 19, James 1:19. Uh, know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away at once, forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religious is worthless. Religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this. Great break. Great, great page break. Thanks, Crossway. Is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Nice. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. The word of the Lord. <laughs> Thanks Amen. be to God. Thanks, Thanks be, to God. be to God. Thank you. Hey, yeah, you brought me back to my old Episcopal days. I, was I ready love to... it. All right, so let's start with the main idea. So if people took one thing away from this message, what would you uh, have that be? Yancey, what's your main idea here? What's your point? <laughs> I'm a little hesitant to talk. Uh, I got a, a frog in my throat, so you'll have to forgive me for the kind of the hacks and the hiccups. But <clears throat> um, so the main idea of my message is simply... Real faith not only starts with God's word, but it stays with God's word. And what I mean by that is um, it's, it, you don't just read the Bible to understand Jesus and the gospel and the kingdom to bring you into salvation, but you continue to uh, grow in that salvation by continuing to stay under the authority and tutelage of God's word as it describes to you a vision of the kingdom with Christ as its king. That's it. So again, mm -hmm. I'll just repeat the main <clears throat> idea. Real faith doesn't just start with God's word. It continues, if you will, to stay with God's word. Awesome. 
Uh, very good. So <coughs> now let's talk about um, biblical theology. We've chatted about that a little bit in this series so far. So thinking about the Bible not as individualized um, stories, but one overarching story that tells um, the, the redemption plan of God with Christ at the center. So where does this text uh, fit into that? And did you see anything, um, any connections or themes regarding biblical theology? You can roll with that? I mean, I can do it. You can do it. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'll start and you yeah, can please. just jump in wherever yeah. you want. <clears throat> so, I mean, uh, uh, you know, sort of the, the meta narrative, the big story of the Bible, uh, you know, we, we kind of break it up into creation, fall, redemption, restoration, or uh, recreation through Christ. Um, so, I mean, where, where I really see, you know, I, one of the points I think is just, it's funny the, the, the jarring words that he uses to put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. And I don't know how filthy or rampantly wicked most people think of themselves, but I think James is really highlighting the uh, the gravity of the sin that we have and uh, the work that God has done and is doing and will one day completely do through Christ uh, in that biblical uh, theology, that biblical meta narrative. I also see within here. And we, you know, this is something that's all in that message too. Is at the end of verse twenty-one where it says, "Which is able to save your souls," mm-hmm. and how he, yeah. how James in this passage doesn't refer to salvation as a past tense thing right. only, but as something that is currently happening. Right. And also, you can find passages where it is a future thing. You will be saved. So this act of uh, needing to be saved through the implanted word is not just a past tense thing for a follower of Jesus, but it's an ongoing act that, uh, that we trust in Christ. And so that's really, you know, Yancey's main point in there, or our main point in this message is that you don't just start with God's word, but you stay with God's word. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you want to add to that more, but I mean, I would just say it's, it's really, this, this is the whole gospel message. It's the, it's the work of, uh, the Holy spirit and God's word being in us. That's transforming us and, uh, shaping us into the image of Christ. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I absolutely concur. Um, if, we're, if we're working through those four movements, we're in between three and four. So mm-hmm. fall's already happened. Uh, excuse me, creation's already happened, then the fall. Now, uh, redemption's happened in Jesus. So James is now looking back on the goodness of God in Christ, which I, crazy is his half-brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so James is, I know that you guys have noted this. He's the half-brother of Jesus. He's the leader of the Church of Jerusalem. He's writing to the church that's been dispersed you know, ever since the persecution happened in Jerusalem, these guys all took off. James stayed, writes this kind of open letter to the church saying, all right, based on what Jesus has done, uh, he's hearing some things also kind of down the grapevine, which is the worldliness, uh, worldliness and its fallen systems have kind of creeped, uh, crept into some of the people that uh, James is writing to. And he's really wondering, like, are some of these guys real believers or not? That's why he writes this letter. And so now, He's, he's looking back on the salvation that Jesus has procured for us by the cross saying, now here's how that should impact you until the restoration of all things at the end. So we're kind of in between like in between two ages. We have the kingdom that's here, not in its fullness, also contrasted with the kingdom of darkness that we happen to live in, in this fallen world. And James is simply trying to say, all right, now that we're here, here's how I, I, you guys need to understand you need to live for a kingdom of light, not one of darkness. And here's, here's the difference between the two. And at least in this section, the main arbiter or judge between both of those is 
uh, who's going to listen and obey God's word versus people that aren't going to do anything with God's word. I mean, they might listen to it. They might have it in mm-hmm. some religious fashion. And I don't mean religious in a good way, but, but in a dead, worthless religion kind of way, religious kind of way. Uh, he's, he's trying to call people to, and he uses an example about speech and anger, but he's trying to call people to like, listen, your life should be changing. You should be growing in this kingdom of Christ, this kingdom of light. And one of the ways you should be growing is just, for example, let's take your speech. I hear some bad things about how you guys are angry and talking to each other. Uh, but if you were to really submit yourself to being a doer of the word, there would be some sanctification. There'd be some growth there. And that's the kind of growth real faith would demand as you're in between two ages. That's how I would use biblical theology for that. Yeah. And I'd also add, just as far as biblical theology goes, a lot of times we'll, we'll look at different themes mm-hmm. throughout Scripture that we see threaded yeah. in, uh, and built upon. And at least in this passage, just the idea of uh, the Word of God yep. being mm-hmm. one of those things, like how God has revealed Himself. I mean, we see all the way back at, at the, uh, in the creation, God speaks creation into being. Uh, so that is His Word. Um, and then, you know, throughout you see, you know, the, the law being given, all these different things. You get to, uh, you know, Jeremiah 31, where he says he's going to put his law within yeah. people and mm-hmm. that, you know, I will be their God, they will be my people. And so then now when you get to, to James, he's, he's kind of alluding to that where he's talking about the implanted word, yep. mm-hmm. where he's not just talking about uh, the Bible, although that includes that. He's talking about the Bible as interpreted and understood through the, the coming of Christ mm-hmm. and all what he has fulfilled and will continue to fill uh, in our lifetime, you know, beyond. So yeah, he's yeah. not saying in that verse that we read is 21 the implanted word which is able to save your soul. He's not talking literally about the pages of Scripture. Yeah. He's talking mm-hmm. about the one to whom the Scriptures testify, the, the gospel word, the Jesus, our King, um, that we stay in line and love with Him. Uh, that's the salvation that's born out that we work, our, we, we work out with trembling and fear uh, through the days of our lives until Christ returns. So, yeah, no, it's, yeah. that's a wonderful And that's point. why it's interesting because he, even go, he switches from talking about the word to talking about the law, the law mm-hmm. of liberty. And so uh, yep. if you were reading this, Without having known Christ, you're, you're thinking of the Old Testament law, sure. you know, Leviticus and things like that. Uh, but now this law of liberty, you've been, you've been set free, yeah. you know, in Christ. And so um, anyway, it's all good stuff. No, man. it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really cool perspective, too. I think it's helpful no matter how long you uh, have been um, saved by the gospel. It's nice to hear and be reminded of constantly that it's not just something that happened to you once. It's something that the gospel matters yeah. every day. So yeah. love it. Now, another way to think about this um, theologically is um, through systematic theology, which is sort of a different perspective, but thinking about doctrines that we find everything that the Bible says about a specific uh, topic. So are there any theological concepts or church doctrines that, um, that you saw in this chapter specifically? Uh, well, there's, <clears throat> there's, there's a lot of them. Some of them which stand out in this passage, uh, I would say, is the doctrine of salvation. Mm-hmm. I mean, many people grow up only thinking, as Ryan alluded to, that salvation is something in the past. But really, the Bible talks about salvation in, in past, present, and future, which is what we see here in verse 21. So that, that, would, be, that would be one I would highlight. Yeah. Which, I mean, we've, we've kind of mentioned this before, uh, but just that process of growth. I mean, mm-hmm. the theological term is sanctification. So you have, um, yeah, just that idea of the ongoing growth through sanctification. Doctrine of the, the Word. Yep. Doctrine of... Uh, the doctrine of the scriptures. Uh, although again, I think ultimately what he's saying is <clears throat> it's, it's the, the gospel word in, uh, within, within the scripture, not necessarily the pages themselves, but it does talk about the importance of the Bible mm-hmm. that, um, 
whenever we read and study the scriptures, it's studying can't just be for knowledge alone. It has to be for application. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, his whole catchy phrase, which I think in y'all's new little booklets even <laughs> is highlighted. It's like you're to be a doer of the word, mm-hmm. not merely a hearer. And that's the contrast James is trying to set. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. Okay. So this is something that I always find uh, fascinating because you have spent a lot more uh time in preparing and, and all of this. And so you only have what, maybe 30 minutes or so to, to preach this message. And so not everything makes it in. And so, um, were there anything that, was there anything that as you were studying this or looking at this text that if you, if you had all day and you could go on and on, is there anything that you wish you could have put in that had to be cut or anything else you would like to highlight that you just don't have time for in 30 minutes? Yeah, I don't think you've ever preached a 30-minute sermon, right? <laughs> I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't think the Bible would ever say that's a good thing. But uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Maybe. Um, yeah, what, did you, what would you cut? What did you cut out? Oh, of? man. <clears throat> See, my issue is, so we're, we're recording this, what, it's this Wednesday now? So I'm, yep. not, I'm not completely finished up yet. So uh, I know you're done because you're preaching tonight. But uh, I haven't cut it. Actually, you're, you may preach tonight I if my, my, my voice doesn't hold up. <laughs> yeah, so uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I haven't really, I haven't determined what I'm cutting yet. I'm not to the cutting phase. I'm filling it all out here right now. Well, um, if you're in that stage, <clears throat> what I would say is, and again, apologies for the voice, but I think I would really like to have more time to talk to people about, uh, there's, this, there's a phenomena in Western Christianity that we can just be Bibleist Christians, mm. that you can just have good feelings about Jesus um, cross your fingers, hoping that you've believed in him enough that he's going to send you to heaven. But <clears throat> practically speaking, you just, you don't really know much about uh, the kind of kingdom that he talks about because you've gotten all your inputs from other people, from news pundits or from your favorite TikToker or from, you know, whoever. And uh, everyone wants to kind of be Bible, uh, excuse me, Jesus rich, but Bible poor. And it, you just can't be that way. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I'd love to spend more time talking to people about uh, the only, w- what we know of Jesus is only because we know it from the scriptures. Mm. <clears throat> I mean, outside of the apostolic witness of the first 70 years of the first century or so, first century, mm-hmm. outside of that is the witness of the scriptures, the spirit's witness through the scriptures. And um uh, there, there's too many people. One of the things I say, I'll say in this message, and if people are hearing this after Sunday, they will have heard this, uh, if not me, by someone who has a lot better voice than I do, <clears throat> uh, is I, I've just had friends over uh, the years who were churchgoers that would say things like, you know, I don't, I don't know much about Jesus, but I can tell you, excuse me, I don't know much <laughs> about the Bible, but I can tell you Jesus wouldn't do this, or I don't know much about the scriptures, but I can tell you Jesus feels this way. And it's always ironic to me, like, how do you know how Jesus feels if you don't know the Bible? Because the Bible teaches us who he is and how he feels. Um, and, and that doesn't mean we can be dogmatic about everything, but we can surely see some things that Jesus approves of, that he disapproves of. Um, and the only reason we know that's because we read it in the Bible. And so um, if you really want to be big on Jesus, you kind of have to be big on the Bible too. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's something I, I would really like to impress, especially on Western Christians <clears throat> who, you know, we try to make it really easy for people to come into our services because we put the scripture on the screen. And I think for a lot of people, it's like, well, listen, they're going to put it on the screen. I don't, I don't need to bring my Bible anyhow. And I've always told people, as much as we do that as a convenience for some people, because we don't want people feeling left out. You know, people are coming here the first time or some are not Christians at all. They don't have a Bible. And so we're still going to continue to do that. But if you're a Christian, you know, 
at least read it on your phone. Uh, I like to have people read it in their own copy of scripture because I think it helps them study it better. Mm-hmm. You know, Tiffany, I know you're, you're kind of actively listening, you're writing mm-hmm. stuff down. And I mean, even if you were to show people, um, you know, your journal there, I mean, you can, you can just tell you've got it highlighted. I just think that helps people know it better. And it gives them greater confidence to go back to a Bible. If anything, and I'm sorry, I'm belaboring this, but if anything, especially in light of a post-Christian culture that we're kind of careening more and more towards um, the, the more Christians will know and understand the Bible, the better it'll be for Christianity in the West, uh, mm-hmm. for mission and for everything else. That's what I wish I could spend a whole lot of time on, probably because it's a hobby horse for me, because I, I, I do love the Bible, and um, I know you do too, and I know you do as well, but just want to impress upon people, man, your, your, your spiritual depth and the profundity of your faith is uh, incredibly dependent upon how much you're in God's word, not because it's mechanical, mm-hmm. but because that's one of the means that the Holy Spirit, God's chosen the Holy Spirit to use to deepen us, to be people of the word. Psalm 19, Psalm 119, so on and so forth. Um, so <clears throat> that's, uh, so now that I've said it here, I don't have to say it in my message. I think some of the stuff you're saying, though. But. Yeah, probably yeah. some. You know, I can't get, that's why I don't preach yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah. I, you know, some there's some things in here that, uh, you just don't have time for it in a sermon right. because it's not the main point of the of the passage necessarily. And James picks up. I mean, James is always teasing different ideas that yeah. he's going to talk about later on. Yeah. So, I mean, there's things in here about being quick to uh, hear, slow to speak, uh, slow to anger. He's going to pick up and talk more about uh, speech, definitely a lot more later. And you know, so those are those things that it'd be great to talk more about mm-hmm. as he's using those as examples. Yeah for the bigger things. And even towards the end there, verses 26 and 27, where he's talking about, uh, again, he brings up bridling the tongue, but the, uh, the religion that's pure and undefiled is visiting orphans and widows in their affliction, keeping oneself unstained from the world. Um, you know, just passages where it's talking about God's heart for the vulnerable and mm-hmm. our responsibility for caring for people like that. Um, again, James is using that as an example. That's that's not an exhaustive list of what is religion that is pure and undefiled, uh, but he's listing off some of those things that it certainly does include. And so, I mean, you can preach a whole sermon just on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's stuff that we'll mention, but not not a whole lot about mm-hmm. because it's not the main point of this whole yeah. passage here. No, it is it is fascinating, and you know, the fact that he he contrasts false religion, right, is someone who can't keep a hold of themselves. Uh, and, uh, and again, he, he doesn't mind using religion in a good way too. Yeah. <clears throat> so he's like true religion that honors God is one that, that seeks to help people that are under-resourced, that seeks to bring healing and wholeness. And, you know, some people would say the word shalom to bring, uh, that kind of, uh, I said it earlier, wholeness to people that are, that are in places where they're very vulnerable. So orphans and widows, and, uh, he doesn't say anything about reading the Bible. I mean, he just says, just, just do that. But the idea is that they've heard the scriptures and now feel this, you know, kind of gospel social call to help people uh, and minister to them in real ways. It is powerful. Just not a lot of time to get to yeah. it. And it's interesting how that's what he comes up with. Like that's, that's right. When that's he's, that's when he's his example. He's like religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father. And then you turn yeah. this page right here and you're like, all right, what's he going to say? And his first thing on his list is visit orphans and, and widows in their affliction. You're like, wow, okay. So yeah. like that, that was a big deal for, mm-hmm. for him and for followers of Jesus. So um, again, while that's not an exhaustive list of what it looks like to have a, a, a true and, and pure religion uh, to follow Jesus genuinely, uh, it certainly is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, the highlight of James's list. And you wonder, I'm sorry to interrupt. You wonder if some of that's in response to this dispersion they've had from Jerusalem where they've had all this persecution. 
mean, they may have killed some dads and some husbands in there. And he's like, y'all can talk all you want to about studying the scriptures. There, there's some people that actually need some real ministry right now. And if you want to know what real religion looks like, it's actually, it's actually hearing what God says about those people and doing something right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, widows and uh, we have these was it, orphans. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's, it's, it doesn't seem, it seems like there's something specific James has in yeah. his mind. And I'm wondering if that's not the situation, because it, it would really make sense of you got to do something now. Like mm-hmm. faith is an action in response to God's word, that you're, you're yeah. doing it by applying what you've heard in the scriptures and ministering these people that are in need right now. Yeah. And that's the example he gives uh, later on in, in chapter two, where he yeah. talks about faith and works and, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. just telling someone like, Hey, you know, everything's going to be all right. You yeah. know, have peace. Yeah. It's like, well, you didn't do anything to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true that this section too does kind of bring up a lot of things that he's going to go into later. So I imagine uh, we'll hear more about that too, as this series continues on. But one thing I love about James is how, um, I don't know if bold is the right word, but he's just very direct in, yeah. in what he says. And so it's really, really, um, I don't want to say easy to apply because it's not easy to do, but it's easy to understand what, what point he's trying to get across. So let's talk about this passage practically. Um, how might this message shape our lives? Like, what do we do with it? So we're talking about not being uh, hearers only, but doers. So what does that look like then for us now today? Um, I think, uh, I mean, you know, what we've been talking about, I think we have to be people of the book, people Mm -hmm. who read the Bible, uh, and not just read it, but also apply it. Um, and so, I mean, I think for a lot of people, a great starting point is to just begin hearing it, to begin Mm -hmm. reading it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, it's just, it's sitting on their (laughs) shelf or sitting on their phone. They could access it if they want to, they download Mm -hmm. the app, but they never actually do. And so they're missing out on, um, all the work that God wants to do and that he's revealed himself through the pages of scripture. And so uh, we, we should, as followers of Jesus who are trying to uh, work out our faith and walk in our faith, we should be those who do actually hear the word and read the word. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, that we didn't just stop there, but it actually starts to, uh, you know, begin to work in us and we apply it. So uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to use some of these points yeah. yet, but I've been, I'm, I, <laughs> Don't you feel I, it? Don't I, you I'm, feel I'm like pointing, you need I'm, point, I'm pointing to, I, I like the idea of, <laughs> of saying we should read intently, uh, we should examine personally, and then apply practically. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm, that's going to make the message or not. That might actually get cut. <laughs> Is but, that your uh, whole acrostic? That sounded like three well, of the five. Well, that's three of the five. It be, it, you begin... Uh, you, you be still. So B is B, mm-hmm. and the D is devote to prayer. So bread. Okay. So it's bread. Okay. Is, bread go. is the acronym I'm going to use. So, but I don't know if I'm going to do the read intently, uh, examine personally, mm-hmm. and apply <clears throat> practically. Yeah. Well, I, but, I, I, I'm going to piggyback, and really in the same spirit of that, I would say, how do we how do we apply this message? I do think it's hard to apply a Bible you've never read, mm-hmm. and I think some people are scared about it. And mm-hmm. so I know, uh, Tiffany, one of the things that you do, and, and Ryan, you've done this as well, and I, as of high, I have as well, <clears throat> is we at Clear Creek have different kinds of classes and or kind of workshops or seminars. Which if it's not women of the word, it's how to study the Bible. That, like, I do think for some people that I would say the first step is to get in a small group mm-hmm. because we're going to get around the Bible in our small groups. But if you, if you feel like you don't have the tool set to do that well because you come from a tradition that maybe you never studied the Bible, then I, I really would highlight going into things like, so next fall, we're not too, maybe three months from now, we'll already have signups before then. We're going to have like women of the word and how to study the Bible classes. I just, a man, just please get into one of those because they're led by experts. Uh, and by that, I mean people that do this and they can show you great ways of how to start studying the Bible. Now, with that being said, 
they're not just great at telling you how to study the Bible. They'll give you great ways on how to apply the Bible. So you use bread, uh, whether I speak tonight or not, I still use spec when it comes to application. So you're going to read the Bible and you can use spec as an acrostic. And again, if you've heard this, this will just be a reminder, but is uh, S is, is there a sin to confess or to be made aware of? Is there a promise P to proclaim or to trust in? Is there an example to follow? Is there a command to obey or is there something to know? Like, is there a doctrine that I don't know? Or is there something I, I don't believe that's, I believe that's untrue that I need to replace with gospel truth. And, and those spell out spec. It's really simple. But um, anytime that you read the scriptures, you ought to just have that in mind so that you're not just someone who's, who's um, standing over the Bible. Uh, when you go to the application, you're actually placing the Bible uh, over you. You're, stand, mm-hmm. you're, you're under the scriptures. In other words, I'm, I'm letting God's word speak to me. And again, we want to interpret it well. We want to have a gospel lens. We don't want to be kind of legalists or fundamentalists or, you know, doing something weird with it. But I, I think, honestly, especially in a, in a group of Christians, you can pretty much get to the heart of these passages. And then you just try to apply them and hold each other accountable, not as a policing measure, but to encourage each other all the more uh, to just walk in kind of uh, a, a gospel practice and uh, grow in Jesus. So that's, that's, that's where, and that's why James is just like you were saying, James is so direct, so mm-hmm. straightforward. He's like, listen, y'all. And he would have said, y'all, listen, y'all, um, <laughs> y'all just need to do this. I want to, what real faith, they do these things. And uh, people that say they do them, but don't, uh, they might want to check their faith. So that's the sobriety that James brings, but the clarity that he brings is, is second to none in the texts. Yeah, for sure. I think um, even I love having a front row seat in Women of the Word and how to study the Bible because one thing I love to see is by the end of our time together, how much more excited the students are to study, right, for themselves. So I think, yeah, it's really true that uh, it is something that, that we... We need to not just be hearers, but doers. And I think it's, we just have to acknowledge sometimes that it's hard. It's called a it's spiritual discipline for a reason. Yeah. Like sometimes you don't feel like it, but then once you do, there's this concept in nutrition that the last thing you ate is the next, last thing you ate is the next thing you crave. And I think that's true for really? me, at least Man, in the Bible. Like, I'm going to listen to that yeah, one. I didn't write that down. <laughs> but for me that I think it maybe even applies more spiritually, but like the last thing that I ate is the next thing I crave. Mm. If I just when I don't feel like it, start, then it's so much easier to do the next day and the next day and the next day. So yes, shameless plug for classes. Yep. I'm very excited uh, because every time it's my favorite way to serve the church. But we so. always try to drive to that application. Yes, I mean, yes. like I, 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 we talked about this before we started filming, but I know that it's full. So I'll let people do what they want to. But we have the summer, <laughs> the summer women's Bible study that we've never done before. Mm-hmm. That you're one of the teachers for t- uh, you know, a group of four here. And you guys are working through Colossians. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm a assuming you're working towards applications for each week. Yes. So, uh, and that's the kind of stuff that, uh, what I I love about Clear Creek and Clear Creek's not unique to this, but really, you know, a good church is a church that's not just going to get you into the word though. They do need to do that. They need to help you understand how to use it so that, Mm -hmm. um, you don't always have to go to, to Tiffany or to Ryan or to Yancey to hear what God says through his word. We want to equip people for you to open up the Bible on your own and hear, uh, the spirit speak through his word. And that's, that's, that's the exciting part. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the whole adage, give a person to fish or teach a person to fish. We really at this level want to teach you to fish because it excites the people that do it. I mean, I know you get excited mm-hmm. when people get fired up. My wife does the same thing. Uh, we do as well. So um, I'm hoping James fires up some more people and, you know, how to study the Bible or women of the word or the Colossian study. Those are all endeavors to try to get us to be doers. Mm-hmm. Yes and amen. All right. 
All right, so uh, let's wrap up with this. So as you were studying this text, um, were there any ideas or, or concepts that caught you personally? Anything that convicted you or challenged you or comforted you even um, personally as you were studying this for yourself? Uh, I, I mean, just talk, so you got to yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'll, I'll go I'm for him. Uh, so I mean, I'd say generally looking at the passage, um, just the idea of being doers of the word and not hearers only is is always convicting to be reminded of. Um, you know, I've been a follower of Jesus for uh, a while. I've studied the Bible for a while. Um, I have a I have a master's of divinity. You know, <laughs> working on a doctorate. Yeah, working on yeah. a doctorate, and yet you know, there's times in my life where it's like I don't think I'm I'm a doer of the word. You know, I'm I'm a hearer only in maybe this area of my life or whatever. Um, that might look like. And, um, you know, there's just things that might come to mind mm -hmm. when you think about that. Um, probably specifically, and even James's example, I mean, as I try to think about and internalize the examples that he's giving, he talks about uh, being slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And really trying to think about um, those moments where I feel like I'm angry and I am letting the anger get the best of me, and uh, I'm, I'm not slow to speak. I'm letting uh, words come out of my mouth that I don't want them to come out. Um, what, am I, what am I trying to produce? Mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not producing the righteousness of God in those moments, right? Um, maybe I'm trying to, you know, if I'm, if I'm getting frustrated at somebody on the road or, you know, one of my kids or something's going on, right? I, I'm trying to make the world right. I'm trying to get someone to, to bend their behavior towards what I want. I want mm -hmm. that car to get out of the way. And however I'm expressing that anger, uh, that whatever my purpose might be is not being accomplished. In fact, mm -hmm. the opposite is happening. The mm -hmm. righteousness of God is not happening in me. It's not happening in that other person. That situation is not falling under, you know, the righteousness or the justice of God. In fact, I'm just making it way worse. Mm -hmm. I'm causing a, a rift and alienation between me and whoever that person might be. Um, and so just trying to really think about, man, anger does not produce the righteousness of God uh, or the anger of man. Um, so, uh, yeah, try to internalize that this week. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I think that's wonderful. Um, uh, for me, I, I mean, I really like to learn. I do like to learn, and I love to learn about God's Word, and I love to learn about <clears throat> theology, which is just a fancy word for the study of God. I think God wants us to learn about Him. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if He calls us to love uh, Him with all of our mind, then that's part and parcel of doing that. But whenever I read passages like this, probably what gets me is, uh, you know, how much am I really applying? And I'd like to think I do. But there's probably, not probably, there's pockets of my heart that I, I still have yet to press in gospel truth where it's just settled into my, into my habits. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where I, I feel convicted. Like just the, the last line, uh, you know, to visit the orphan and widows in their affliction. I'm, I'm assuming, again, as I said earlier, I think it's probably a specific situation. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, he's like, uh, and he doesn't just say that. He says the other thing of true religion is to keep oneself unstained from the world. Mm -hmm. So there's, in other words, there's a, a personal holiness about you that's not contaminated by the fallen system of this world. And, and that's the negative. So you're staying away from the world. But on the positive side, you're, you're doing things that show people pictures of the kingdom, mm -hmm. uh, which in this case is, is helping uh, people that are in desperate need of, I mean, that they have no resources, they're underprivileged, whatever it is. That's the kind of stuff that junks me up when I read it because I, 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 I don't 
I don't believe in guilt, but I do believe in conviction. And I, I get convicted about these things because then I start to think, and it's always a bad question to ask, like, how much is enough? Like, you know, am I doing enough? Because the answer is always going to be no. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, I want to take this as a, an encouragement from the Lord, not necessarily um, a chastisement, though sometimes it may be like, Ansi, just are you, are you living for the kingdom? And are you showing people pictures of the kingdom in, in your world where you are in ways that you can? Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes I don't do that very well. I mean, oftentimes I don't do that well. And so to read James, I'd like to think if it is a rebuke, it's a loving rebuke to a child saying, hey, just remember, uh, it's, it's not just about being personally holy. It's, a, uh, it's, it's about being practically holy and how you impact people around you, that we want to show people glimpses uh, of God's good kingdom and that, uh, it, it, that following Jesus as Lord is the best thing you could ever want to do. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm taking from this. Awesome. Anything else you guys want to add? This was a really great conversation. Nope. No, I'm <laughs> just excited about Yeah. Again, don't know if I'll be able to preach it tonight. Hopefully by Sunday. This thing will be gone, but Ryan will do a great job tonight. Uh, that was him telling you right yeah, now. Ryan will do a great <laughs> job. He's been texting me all day. I don't know, man. You better get ready. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was even hard to do this. So, yes. But I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for it mm-hmm. and thankful for your time, Tiffany. Thanks for guiding this conversation. Yeah, no, thank you for uh, for your input. Thank you for um, using your gift to serve us at Clear Creek. We are very grateful. Thanks. All right. All right, thanks. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Thanks so much for joining us today.